Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Dustin Lippert, who's someone I met in Nashville at the Entrepreneur Center. We were both doing a pre-flight program, uh, launching one of our, our business ideas, and have stayed connected, and he just redesigned my website, hillaryblackburn.com. So if you're looking for someone to help with updating your website, He did a fantastic job, and that is why I wanted to have him on the show today to talk about the importance of branding. So a bit more about Dustin. So over the past six years, uh, he's, you know, worked in a nine-to-five marketing agency and has been growing his own clients on the side uh, and has really created identity systems for local, regional, national brand ranging from startups to companies with annual revenue of $600 million. In the process, he partnered with architectural firms, IT departments, interior design products, or interior design teams, and tech teams to implement brand assets across every medium, including print, digital, and environmental products. On the side of his day job, he has been a successful freelancer with several of his own clients doing UI, UX for web design, branding, and independent consulting. Dustin, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. I think, you know, as we were talking uh, earlier, uh, this day and age, it is just so important for people to have a brand present. So thank you for, for joining us, um, to talk about this, you know, it's just so important. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Um, well, I think you were also maybe going to share something about why design is important to you or kind of some, a little bit about your philosophy on, on design to get us started. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I, there's a there's a quote by Steve Jobs that I found was really that really changed my mindset on why I do design, why I enjoy design, and it's a little long, but it, it I think it kind of summarizes why design is is a little bit more broader than most people imagine it to be. Um, so the the quote goes: When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your life is just to live your life in the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice family life, have fun, save a little money. But that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. And that is that everything around you that you call life was made up by people no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute you understand that you can poke life, if you push something, something will pop out the other side, that you can change it and you can mold it. And that's maybe the most important thing, to shake off this erroneous notion that life is there and you're just going to live in it, versus embracing it, changing it, and improving it to make your mark upon it. And I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, you'll want to make, you want to change life and, and make it better, because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. 
once you learn that, you'll never be the same. So I, I heard Steve Jobs say that quote in a video um, when I was doing some research and came across it. And I, I just sat there for a while and thought a lot about that. I did grow up that way, thinking that the, the world around me was sort of already shaped and I just had to figure out how to work within it. Um, but the discovery that you could actually poke life, as he said, and like make, figure out ways that you wanted to change things um, and then work to change them. Um, I, I think that that's kind of the simplest way to explain design and what I do is I figure out ways to, to poke life um, and, and try to make things better for other people. Um, I think, you know, really often people take design and they think of it as a visual expression of something, but I think it's a lot broader than that. Yeah, really. And well, Steve Jobs has certainly been, you know, somebody that has um, made a big impact on, um, uh, you know, really anyone, anyone that uses an Apple product um, or just, you know, his thought process and philosophy. And um, I think even one of the most striking things about Steve Jobs is was his uniform, you know, because you only have a certain number of um, decisions you can make a day. And so he chose that kind of like black and jeans uh, look. And so he could make lots of other decisions. So lots of neat things. Um, thanks for sharing that. Well, first, let's kind of start with what is design? Yeah, well, and I kind of mentioned this a, a little bit ago was the design you know, most people do think of design as some sort of visual execution, a poster, a business card, a brochure, um, maybe even a website. Um, but I think for me, design is a lot more than that. Um, and, I, and that's to, to avoid sounding cliche and saying that, you know, design is more. <laughs> it, it really, design is about, you know, solving problems. And even that is a little buzzwordy, um, I, I think for me, when I look at problems in the world, I, all I see are kind of dots of information. And if I can get enough information about the problem, about what impacts and influences the problem, then I can pull together a solution that will solve that problem. Um, so to me, design is, design is about solving problems, and it can be non-visual. So I like to tell people that I solve visible and invisible problems with solutions that are visible and invisible. And I guess what that really means at its core is that it's not just about creating a visual problem uh, or creating a visual solution. Like problems can come up in invisible ways. Like how do we get from point A to point B? Well, you can design a solution for that. And often, like let's say processes, for example, how do you, you know, move a prescription that comes into a pharmacy from point A to getting it out the door to the customer. Like somebody had to sit down and think through the process, how to input information, when and what order to input information. And to me, that is still design. It may be done by a different um, type of role. Like it may not be somebody with the title designer, but they're sitting there trying to solve a problem. How do we get from point A to point B um, or get to this solution or result? Um, and to me, that, that is what design is. It's, I think, I think of design as a lot broader than just something visual. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the ways that design could be influencing and changing the pharmacy industry. Okay. Yeah. So I, and I'll just preface this by saying, you no, know, I don't have a lot of background in pharmacy or that, um, but I did look up people that have been making an influence and impact and, and some of the big changes that are being designed uh, in the industry. Um, so I'll make a couple notes. Maybe we can talk a little bit about them. So the first one is um, related to um, packaging design mm-hmm. and making the patient with the self-management side of, of that a lot more efficient for the patient so that they can look at packaging and quickly and easily identify um, what the medication's for, how much to take. Like it's been on the packaging in the past, but um, I think new newer packaging is starting to really make an Im- impact on people being able to like the clarity of that package and what it's supposed to do for them. Um, so that's one. I, I was looking at medication and dispensing companies. And if you think about, um, I think it's called pocket pills. Um, Amazon purchased a company recently for so their farm. Pill pack. Pill pack. That's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think about pill pack, what pill pack did was kind of change it, it brought in a new system, a new design to how people not only got their medication, but how easily it was to understand what to take and when. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Amazon, when they when they came in to do to do um, their to do their pharmacy side, like it, you know, really changed. Um, well, it kind of formalized that there was disruptors in the market, mm-hmm. and of course, Amazon is a, such a big name. Um, that when they came in, it, it did make a lot of waves. But there's a lot of like smaller companies that are really coming in now and with great branding and a new perspective on like how to put their product in front of people. That I think I think we're going to see a lot more uh, shift in branding with companies. So for example, you've got companies like Keeps or Hers and Hims mm-hmm. or Roman. Um, some of those, those more of your DTC, um, type products, but they're the brands that they bring to the marketplace are what I think are attracting customers to them aside from how simple they are to use and how like direct, um, you can get the, get their products. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be a really big change is that we'll see more companies like that. And then companies that tend to have more of a hospital, uh, medical kind of branding will shift and go more toward a consumer facing like identity system. Um, just because I think consumers tend to like, uh, things that are more modern, even, even if it has roots in something that's pretty traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing I saw that I think is going to be really fascinating is, uh, digital therapeutics. Mm -hmm. So like DTX, if you're looking at what that, has the potential to do. And then if you connect that with other things in the market, like Neuralink that Elon Musk is working on, like, could you control or could you, you know, use DTX through Neuralink and go directly to the brain with some of those therapeutics? I think that's going to be interesting to see. And then the home lab testing, I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff you got to overcome, like uh, Theranos and what that did to mm-hmm. home lab testing. But uh, there there is a lot there. I think that if we can get a brand that can overcome 
what Theranos um, unfortunately did in the marketplace, then I think you'll see a lot more um, happen there as well. Yeah. Well, Dustin, for someone who says they're not super familiar with the pharmacy industry, you were able to rattle off a whole lot of different things, um, pill pack and uh, et cetera. So um, yes, there is a lot. And you know, we're seeing just this huge drive in consumerism. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the direct to consumer through like mail order pharmacies, but yes, patients are, are demanding that from, you know, hospitals and just any sites of, of care. It's like, oh, well, how are you perceived in the marketplace? And do you have, you know, like what's the the patient experience? And so, yeah, I, I mean, great. These kind of marketers and designers are, are definitely having to, to work hand in hand with, um, you know, clinical people and helping to, you know, get those clinical services a step above. Um, well, what about, um, you know, a lot of listeners may, um, they may, you know, have their own pharmacy, maybe they don't, or maybe they are entrepreneurs and um, have their own personal brand, or maybe they're aspiring um, to, you know, do something, uh, a little different. Um, what are some things that people need to think about when they want to consider branding or rebranding, uh, to really create that identity? Yeah. So I think, you know, thinking through, um, you know, your goals and, and what you want, obviously first impressions really, really matter. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, first impressions really do matter. And what, what you look like matters to your customers. Um, the first thing really is to think about if you're doing like a little audit of, of your uh, materials is, you know, first logos should be memorable. And so if you're looking at what you, what your logo is and what your identity system looks like, and it's just not, it doesn't really leave a lasting impression. Um, that, that's a, that's a pretty big issue. And then, because the main thing is customers assign all their positive and negative emotions to that mark. And so when they see that mark, they're going to share their feelings over and over with people around them. And that's why if somebody pulls your logo up, they might have a negative reaction to it if they've had a negative experience with that brand. So a lot of brands, if they've had a lot of negative, they look at rebranding and kind of representing themselves to the market with a fresh face. So uh, another thing I think that was something I noticed just with the new disruptors in the marketplace and how good their branding is, it's going to be really important to look at finding kind of innovative ways of presenting your product to customers. So maybe that is how you present yourself in your brick and mortar, that floor plan layout. It could be you know, trying to come up with simpler ways, especially with COVID, um, finding a little bit more of a touchless dispensing mechanism so that maybe they could scan a barcode from a doctor and have a touchless dispensing. And that is something that you could pitch as a creative difference between you and other, other pharmacies or other dispensaries. There's a, there's a guy that I follow named Dieter Rams, and he talks through um, there's like 10 things that he, he says d- what makes design good. And he's like, good design is innovative. 
It makes a product useful. It makes a product understandable. It's honest. It's environmentally friendly. And it involves as little design as possible. What I notice about a lot of pharmacies is that they tend to have almost too much. Too much content, too much wording, um, too much going on visually. And I think to kind of take a step back and simplify things for the user, they're already, you know, tend to be overwhelmed with insurance and the, you know, taking time off of work or getting out of their, their day, daily habits to go to a pharmacy, that to take those environments and simplify them and let that become part of the brand itself is a, could make a huge difference on um, customer retention and um, just loyalty and people that have a very positive experience. You know, I think branding also goes as deep as the people that you hire and, mm. and their um, desire to, you know, interact with, with customers in a very positive way. Yeah. Um, all those interactions ultimately kind of sum back up to the, the logo and what, what people associate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an, that's an important part because, you know, um, whether you are, um, hiring for your own company or, you know, maybe you work for a big corporation, but, um, yeah, you've got to pick out people that fit your brand or like, are they a fit? And you've got to think about that from a brand standpoint. Like, do they fit the values and what we're trying to convey? So I love that takeaway. Uh, so another kind of thing to think about is, how to apply this type of thinking, design thinking. And actually the first time that I heard that word was in the book, um, design your life. And let me look Mm -hmm. up. Do you recall the author of that? I'm trying to look, look it up, design your life. It's by some Stanford, uh, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, man, that you're the architect of your life. And it was just really interesting on, um, how to kind of kind of think about your life in that sense, like you're the creator of it and think about where you want to be. And um, so I highly recommend that book, but tell us a little bit more about as, as an actual designer, how you approach that philosophy or, or your thoughts on it. Yeah. So there's kind of two directions for that. I, and it's, this is kind of a new path for me to think about taking the fundamentals, the principles of design and, and trying to apply them to my life. Um, so I think a, an easy example of it, and then I can point out something I was able to do myself, was if you think about wanting to stand out more in a crowd, let's say, um, you want to be more visible to other people, then you might look at the principle of hierarchy and how to pull hierarchy into your life. That might be, I need to change what I'm wearing so I stand out more or I need to um, speak louder than other people, or it could be anything. But um, the point would be like, look at what's in in the space now, whether that's voice or looks, appearance, um, and then do something different to allow yourself to stand out more. So like you could take hierarchy and apply that to your life. Um, But a more like everyday example, I guess, is, Uh, About three years ago, I was looking at myself and thinking through, like, I wanted to be more disciplined, but I knew that I, and I, one of those areas I wanted to be disciplined in was meeting new people, but I was not, I'm a pretty, um, 
uh, I don't know the right word. Uh, I don't, I don't go out and meet people. It's just not part of who I am. It's not what I enjoy, but I knew that to grow, I needed to be able to do that. A lot of pharmacists um, would agree with that too. You know, they're uh, like to be more introverts and behind the counter. So I think networking yes. is so important, but it is, it's, it's hard. Tell us how you kind of overcame that. Yeah. So I think the networking is the thing and like being, uh, um, just, uncomfortable being in front of people. I didn't have a, I didn't enjoy speaking. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what can I create that can help other people, but also help me solve for all these problems mm -hmm. um, that I want to grow in. And so I, I realized that growing up, uh, I didn't like to be, I didn't like to sing solos, but I always didn't mind being in the choir because I didn't, I wasn't the center of a focus or attention and being in design. I, started reaching out to colleges and said, hey, if I can get people from agencies to come and present to your students, would you be open to that? And they said, yes, for sure. If you can get agency owners and art directors and people to come sit in front of students, then great. And so what I found was I that was easy. People want to help and they want to share their knowledge. And so I got a lot of people to come together and sit in front of uh, students. But in the meantime, I basically became the... Um, sort of the conductor of it all. I was sort of behind the scenes until I needed to present the people speaking. And then I got up and made that presentation. So it allowed me to not be the center of attention while um, gaining some confidence being in front of people. Mm -hmm. And then also it, the result of that was students getting some advice and being helped out. So I kind of created an event where I could grow in the areas I wanted to while simultaneously being able to sit in the background. Yeah. Um, and so there's ways I think to take a problem that you have or multiple problems and create a solution that solves it for you, but also helps others. Mm -hmm. um, so that was an example of something I've done in the past. Um, but even if you just look at your life and say, man, I want to be better at X or I want to be better at Y, we'll design a path, a process that you can go through to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think recently I was with a friend. I said something about struggling with confidence and they were like, well, just go get a confidence coach. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know this existed, mm -hmm. but you know, there's a way, there's a path that I can take to get to a solution. And, and that's when I kind of wrapping back up to the beginning, when I was talking design is more than just visual outcome. It can be an invisible solution that, um, that allows many people to become what we would might consider a designer who wouldn't typically think of themselves as somebody who could design a, a, a solution, but we all solve problems every day. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly, you know, kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast was, gosh, how do I connect with interesting pharmacists from all over and share their stories? And it's been a great way to do that. And you basically did that with your, with the, the colleges and bringing those speakers in for students. So that's really, really smart. Um, well, Dustin, what are some ways that, you know, you could potentially help our listeners uh, who might need some design help? Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, we've been talking about design from a really broad sense, but if we were to go more literal and um, visual with that, you know, I've been helping brands for the last, six or seven years now do um, brand audits, look at you know what their goals are and look at their current identity systems and, and branding and just say, here's some ways that you can improve this or 
this looks great, but have you considered this? Um, you know, looking looking at their branding from that, you know, if there's a ph pharmacy owner or anything here. Um, and then identity designs, like if you're ready to rebrand or refresh your identity, then I'm, I definitely can help with that. And then in, over the last two years, I've gotten into UI UX design and helping with web work, which is how we connected over your website. And then um, print design, you know, just the typical business cards, um, letterheads, collateral pieces that labels, things like that, that, that um, companies need. Um, I, I'm able to pretty much do it all. Um, and I've done as well some environmental graphics for um, promotional materials inside lobbies and um, inside real retail spaces. So um, I've, I've had experience doing a lot of that. Um, but UI, UX, and identity tend to be where a lot of my um, focus um, ends up. Okay, very good. Um, well, one of the things that I, um, well, at first, why don't you share where our listeners can find and connect with you? Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you just use my name, it's dustinadamlippert.com. That'll take you to my LinkedIn page. Um, and you can find me there, but LinkedIn is, um, you know, linkedin.com slash in slash Dustin Adam Lippert. Um, or, the, you know, they can always reach out on my phone. Um, uh, 615-631-5525. Um, pretty much if you Google Dustin Adam Lipper, it'll, it'll pull up a lot of results that can get you to the different places I'm at. Okay. Very good. Well, one of the things that I always love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Um, hmm, take risks earlier. That's probably where I would go is be willing to just take risks earlier. And I think for me, the risks were, I didn't learn fast enough. Hmm. Um, there was so much that I kind of just put off learning um, that if I had really engaged with and focused on more, I think I wouldn't be having to learn them again now. Um, and those would have allowed me to take um, more calculated risks, um, either that, either in career or relationships or, um, you know, just growth as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, very good. Um, this is such an interesting topic and I think that it is so important, not only from a personal branding standpoint, but, um, if you're, you know, branding your business or, um, you know, just anything that you're doing, we've got to be kind of thinking about how do you design your life. And so it was so great to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Dustin, for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, Hillary. I hope everyone is now ready to rethink or you know, start their brand. Uh, Dustin is a great resource. Hope you'll check out some of the things that he's doing uh, as you're getting ready for starting the next year. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, 
for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 